Hello, welcome to Things We Dig. Today we're going to jump into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So if you're listening or watching, I would say I'm going to get into light spoilers, maybe some deep spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, I would say check it out and come check out this review after that. So life after the blip has been really good for Scott Lang and his family. Things just seem to be going well. But when Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie, is trying to follow in her father slash grandfather's footsteps, and she builds a tool to be able to map out the quantum brown. And of course, things go haywire. They all get sucked in, they get separated, and now they're trying to find each other within the quantum realm. So I asked this question, is quantum mania worth the watch? And I would say yes. Yes, it is. But barely, barely by the skin of its teeth. And I'll dive into the good and the bad of why it is worth the watch. So first, the good. And one of the main reasons, of course, is Paul Rudd as Ant-Man slash Scott Lang. Paul Rudd, to me, can do no wrong. I love the guy. I love everything he's in. I love seeing him portray Ant-Man. And the rest of the cast does well, too. I also may still have a soft spot for MCU movies. I do still get excited for when a new one is announced. Some of them, maybe not so much, but I'm still in the mindset of they can pull it off. And maybe this phase hasn't been... So, so great compared to the rest. Another big reason to go see this movie is the visuals. Marvel lately, their movies have been a little bit subpar in the CGI aspect. They're still pretty good, but just haven't been the best. But I would say Quantumania does an amazing job with the visuals, especially when they're in the quantum realm. Things just look outstanding. They're in this crazy world of, it, it reminded me of the other Disney movie, Strange World, we got a little dose of it in previous Ant-Man movies, but this one went full force. Very peculiar creatures, peculiar cities, and just was a spectacle to see. I also did enjoy the, the main overall plot and theme for the movie. It's a foundation was a family movie, which I do enjoy. Sometimes it can come off cheesy, but I feel like it really worked. Um, all the, the other Ant-Mans were like that. At least the first one was like that. Cassie trying to connect with Scott and Scott trying to connect to Cassie. I thought really worked really well. They have really good chemistry with each other. And her being able to be part of the fight, I really enjoyed too. She just wasn't there just to be there or was there to be saved. She was pretty integral to the overall theme of the movie. Another aspect that I really was excited to see in this movie was, of course, the new big bad, King the Conqueror, played by Jonathan Majors. And I would say this is kind of a, a gray area for me and kind of maybe where the, the good of the movie stops. Jonathan Majors, of course, is an amazing actor. I think he was perfect for the role as King. I've really been enjoying him. He's kind of had a, a surge in movies lately and just making the name for himself. And I really think he will fit the, the role of King the Conqueror. But again, as I mentioned, there were some good and bad with this. So nothing wrong with Jonathan Major's performance. I thought he nailed it. He did really good. He had really intense scenes, and you can tell he had a goal in mind. The only thing I had an issue with is it was a setup movie. You know, it was King the Conqueror, but not really conquering too much. Like he had his kingdom in the quantum realm, but you didn't really see how he accomplished that. And there's a lot of scenes of him talking and sounding scary. And then Janet saying how scary he is. She had a quick flashback of what he can do. But again, it was set up for future movies. And in my mind, I was like, I wanted to see 
that king in this movie and we unfortunately didn't quite see that there was aspects of it that we did see um towards the end of the movie he kind of showcased his power and really what he could do but that was it it was really short-lived and again just a lot of talking and him sounding scary just more more words and not enough action another gripe i have with this movie and mcu does this a lot they get big name actors and of course they want to showcase these big name actors show their face and we all know King the Conqueror to have this iconic suit and that iconic helmet, which I thought it looked great. The only thing is it was pretty short lived. They were constantly just turning his helmet off and showing his face. And again, Jonathan Majors, great. We love him. But I wanted to see him with his helmet on more often throughout the movie. I would say there was maybe, maybe five minutes of him having his helmet on throughout the whole movie. He had a lot of screen time. They just wanted to show his face to show that they had a big name actor. And I would say Jonathan Major's performance though, didn't have his helmet on a whole lot. His performance alone, I would say is another reason why you would want to go see this movie. Also the buildup of what's to come is worth seeing too as well. But again, I wish it was more focused on Kang being Kang in this movie and not so much what Kang is going to be in the future. And I would say a lot of fans are comparing him to Thanos because, of course, he is going to be the new big bad. But Thanos was just set up so much better. Again, Kang, this is, you know, the first time we're seeing him in live action. The Loki series set him up, but, of course, you still don't know why he's a badass. And in this movie, you got a glimpse of it. But with Thanos, he was just built up over time, over time. Even if you weren't a comic book fan, you would look Thanos up and you know he was going to be a big bad. And just all these things that building up towards Thanos, when he finally showed up, he wrecked. He created havoc for the Avengers. And that's why I think Thanos was just set up a lot better than Kang is so far. But there's hopes for Kang for future projects. Another aspect of the Quantumania that I was looking forward to was finally seeing MODOK in live action. And again, I'm a little bit on the gray side here. Um, Corey Stoll, who's uh, returning as Darren Cross, um, he's MODOK. The suit looked great. When he had his mask on, I was like, oh, that's MODOK. But then they, sh again, wanted to show his face. They would turn off his mask and it was just big, huge CGI'd Corey Stoll face. And it just didn't work. And I know MODOK is mostly a face, but again, I feel like they could have made him look a little bit more sinister. MODOK to me always had like this really creepy look to him. And again, with the mask on, perfect. Without the mask, I was like, please, for the love of God, <laughs> put the mask back on because that looked badass. Um, again, very short-lived character. I don't foresee us seeing MODOK again, which was very disappointing, um, but maybe I could be wrong. Hopefully, MODOK comes back and we get a little bit more of him and what he can bring to the MCU. So, yeah. So, overall, I would say this movie is worth going to see for, again, Paul Rudd and Jonathan Major's performance alone. CGI and the world that they built looked really great. Um, it really had Rick and Morty vibes to it. If I, you know, if they ever do a Rick and Morty live action movie, I feel like it would look like this just because of all the eeriness and just the, the, the creatures and the characters in this movie. And even some of the jokes had Rick and Morty vibes to it. But again, it fell a little bit short of living up to, you know, previous MCU movies. Um, is it bad? No. Is it great? No. It's, it's good enough to go see. But again, just didn't quite pack the punch that I wanted it to. So to get into a little bit more spoilers, there's two post-credit scenes. Um, again, 
getting Rick and Morty vibes from the first post credit scene. There's a, a council of Kings. These are the individuals who sent King to the quantum realm. They, of course, knew that he was too powerful to be left in the normal dimension. So they sent him there. And I, I really kind of was a little bit confused of, of what this means. It, it, does this mean there's going to be these Kings going after our main heroes in the MCU? Or is the king from Ant-Man Quantumania going to be the main king? So that was a little bit confusing. Um, kind of interesting to see the different aspects of king um, throughout the, the universe, the multiverse. And then setting up to, there's always two post-credit scenes for the MCU. Um, again, spoilers, but it's showing Loki and Owen Wilson's character from the Loki series. And it looks like they're in like the early 1900s, late 1800s. And again, there's there's King or a variant of King and he's a scientist and they're saying, you know, Owen Wilson's like, this guy doesn't look so evil. But of course, Loki knows something, which I'm sure will be Loki season two of diving deeper into this variant of King could be the King we know from this quantum mania. But Loki looks scared and ends the end credit scene there. So I'm just like. What implications is this going to have? We, of course, know King. The King Dynasty is coming for future projects in MCU. So just curious of what that's going to be. Wish we'd have got a little bit more of that in this movie. But I guess we'll see. So, yeah, um, let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you think uh, Quantumania was worth the watch. And if so, why? And if not, let me know the reasons why. And if you like this review, please hit subscribe. And we'll catch you on the next one. Later days.